champagne every night. It is, a, is it a Bud Light or a top shelf scotch or other liquor? What is their drink selection like? Champagne every night. Would you want to sit in a club with a frumpy recluse with a bad attitude? So here are the ways to identify a whale. With these elements in place, you create your ultimate signature atmosphere, also known as the champagne room. What up, what up? Here we are in the champagne room. Sorry for the delay. My neighbor called me because I had texted him like two weeks ago, and he thought I was going to be mad at him because he hadn't responded to me. But he, you know, he's been living here for like 20 years. So when you, he has like two phones. So when you leave Mexico, he has like a Mexican phone, a U.S. phone. Turns his Mexican phone off. And so I told him, because uh, he goes and makes runs, him and his wife manage properties from here to like Ensenada. And I asked if he was making a run to get his propane tank filled. He goes, oh, I got a propane tank right here. So he hooked me up with a new propane tank. And then put it in for me because I get totally terrified <laughs> to hook up the propane heater. So that was my fault. I apologize. Um, so let's get to. Come on. It was not my fault. <laughs> it really wasn't MT's fault. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, the worst. It was not her fault. She didn't do anything wrong. She's a saint. Exactly. She's not a saint. Yep. Um, I, <laughs> from now on, the only thing he's pimping is sweet lady propane. <laughs> <laughs> I, you guys don't know. So my house came with two heaters. It came with a propane heater and uh electric heater and same thing for burgess burgess had a no burgess didn't get a propane heater he just got an electric heater and we live in concrete boxes as alex can tell you uh it gets very cold it's like cold time now and i haven't been in regular cold in a while (laughs) so this is quite normal for living in the bay but living down here this is like oh man this is i'm i'm rather rather cold and the electric heater takes forever to get kind of hot the propane heater it may be dangerous the house may smell like gas (laughs) but damn that shit is just so toasty you know what i'm talking about tucson propane and accessories (laughs) do they sell portable propane heaters in the states no I don't, well, Hank sold them, so. <laughs> you know what? You, you know what someone said to me recently, and I've been thinking about it ever since, and because I, I never thought about it before? Pellet stoves. This person was like, why do white people like pellet stoves so much? And at first I was like, what? And then I thought about it, 
And I thought about the limited people that I know that have pellet stoves and they all are very super white. And I was like, there might be something to this. Um, I don't know what it is, but maybe that's what you need is a pellet stove. What's a pellet stove? There's just like tiny little pellets instead of wood. You put them in like the fire and just mm. heats up. That is pretty white. You have to like, you have to pay for bags of pellets. <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense, but... Again, the people that I know that have one, um, very white. But I guess it is a thing. Hmm. Um. <laughs> yeah, I learned the, what the pellet stove is, and I'm whiter than snow. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, they they don't pop. They they do make like. I mean, they sound, I guess it sounds sort of like wood, but without the loud pops. But it's just. It just keeps the fire like blazing, um, and I don't know what the benefit of it is either. I don't know if it's like more eco-friendly or who knows. I have no idea. Well, look, I I have the clip. I have the whole interview ready. Let's do it. Like that's where that's where I'm. I I think you can't just watch the clips because the clips. Toussaint, do you think the clips do the whole thing justice? Nothing's going to do the whole thing justice like watching the whole thing. And we can't watch the whole thing because it's super long. The clips is like 20 minutes. There's multiple. Oh, God, sorry. There's multiple 20 minutes. It's the official Shannon Sharp 20-minute clip. I've got the official doo-wop. I got the official fucking Shannon Sharp Club Shay Shay two hour and 46 minute show up because I want you to see how he walked in the room. He comes in, he comes in swinging. And when Quintern said, dude, this feels like an assault. (laughs) He comes in swinging so hard. And some of the shit he says in the, in the thing, when he talks about his life, Mm-hmm. Seems unbelievable. I watched the whole show, and this is what I gathered from the whole show. Cat Williams is a more self-aware Kanye West. Wholeheartedly disagree. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't see he's, it at all. He's the greatest person alive. He's just like Jesus. <laughs> he wanted to be like Jesus growing up. Some all people he does want to be like Jesus. I mean, when when he gets asked why he adopted all these kids, mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, so Jesus could be my best friend." It's like, well, that doesn't seem like he's going to be your best friend if that's why you did that. That's not selfless at all. Alex isn't buying it. Look, I'm going to start playing it. I need you guys to watch it. Do it. Enjoy. And of Kirk Franklin Prince. <laughs> <laughs> this is the record. 2024. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Hello, welcome to another episode of Club Shay Shay. I'm 
host, Shannon Sharp. I'm also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay, the guy that's stopping by for conversation and the drink today. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to love him. So I call him the greatest, the greatest, one of the greatest comedians, dead or alive. One of America's greatest entertainers, one of the funniest men on the planet, world-renowned, multi-talented, a comedy legend. He's touring. To, he's the top touring comedian selling out arenas. He's a hilarious storyteller, Emmy award-winning actor, voice actor, rapper, writer, producer, director, icon, genius, a national tre treasure, philanthropist, humanitarian, social activist, a father, one of the great funny men of our generation and any generation, Mr. Cat Williams. Thank you, sir. How's that, that intro? I, you are, you are, you are magnificent at intros, and you did not skimp on mine. I appreciate it. Appreciate that. Nice. You know, anytime you come to Club Shay Shay, we have to toast. Yes, bro, you've been. I mean, you told you one of the top two. You're the, one of the top touring comedians of all time. You already got started. I just want to say that originally, that's what this show was supposed to be. Before the before the shelter in place. It was going to be at the bar in the studio. And people did come in. And I was going to serve cats drinks and we would just talk shit. So this is still my dream scenario right here. I just want you guys to know that. Hmm. Don't you want to be the, the, there, Toussaint? Like standing off to the side. There's like two people off to the side cleaning glasses like barbacks. And you could be one of them. People always have to guess which one you are. <laughs> what an elaborate fantasy for me Alex would you enjoy a show like that if you came down to Mexico and it was like we were on the terrace on the deck and I just fucking bust out a bottle and we're just chilling well you stopped drinking didn't you man I quit drinking for a reason <laughs> that's the wildest shit it's not, it's not violent or anything but I just I just say weird shit when I get drunk, and I, I'm uh, uh, very lovey as well. Uh, well, we'll bust out the the good juice. We'll bust out the good juice. before we started taping, mm. I did appreciate it. Tell the people at home. I thought they was lying, and um, <laughs> yeah, this particular alcohol is stronger than you think it would be probably by about two and unbelievably smoother and milder by the same maybe 30 percent than you could possibly expect and unlike cognacs the world over this one doesn't taste like wood at the end and it doesn't taste like it's got artificial colors and it doesn't taste like it's got artificial flavors. Uh, it's a it's a fine product. He's a connoisseur. You can tell he's a connoisseur. He's a cognac connoisseur. He understands the method that goes into making cognac. Right. Well, as a comedian, you get free drinks at the club. <laughs> so all comedians either turn out to be connoisseurs like myself right. or or straight up and down alcoholics like 60% of Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks thanks for stopping by the club. I understand Thank that you're very, very busy and for you to take time out of your busy schedule and stop in today, we really, really appreciate it here at Club Shay Shay. Thank so thanks for so stopping much. by, Kat. And I needed you to know why I came by. Yeah, I need you to tell us why. 
People know I don't go everywhere. I'm not interested in talking to people unless it's like a Larry King or somebody of an amazing ilk that I would actually want to go talk to in real life. Okay. Um, I don't do it so I can sell product and I got things to sell, so let me come talk. Um, you have a great product here, and as a fan base, we love the attention that you spend on the guest. We, we love how much work you've done, how well you know them, how prepared you are. The same things that we liked about you in football. <laughs> you brought that on over to here, and that's uh, why it resonates. And the reason I had to come. Tucson, did you say Shannon Sharp looked like a yoga instructor? Yes, he did. <laughs> he does. A cognac drinking yoga instructor slash life coach slash life coach yes just pull you aside after class and tell you what to do with your life (laughs) what you need to do is is because you've made a safe place for the truth to be told you know what i mean and i have watched all of these lowbrow comedians come here and disrespect you in your face (laughs) and tell you straight up lies. (laughs) I'm talking about things that have never been heard in all of black Hollywood. They feel comfortable sitting here lying to you about it. You gonna set the record straight? Are you kidding me? You let Ricky Smiley sit here and you said out that mouth, you stole Friday after next. The one I was in, I wish all of America fumbled a bit when that happened. And, And then he said some stuff that we haven't heard in 100 years in Hollywood. You ain't say nothing. This man told you he had Cat Williams' role. He was going to be Money Mike. Wait. And Cat Williams was going to be fr- was going to be the Santa Claus. Now let's two quick points. Three. You mean in Hollywood they cast a 5 foot 5 black Santa Claus that weighed 145 pounds. That's your story. Your story is the Ricky Smiley that couldn't even do curse words because he had a Christian fan base. He was going to play the pimp. Why you didn't ask him why has he played a woman in more movies than he's played a man? Damn. Well, I didn't know he, he shouldn't be able. You wouldn't let a, 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 a athlete that been on steroids talk about one of the greats. Mm. <laughs> Ricky Smiley can't act because Ricky Smiley can't act. Damn. He told you the story about when the movie came out. Where did he say he watched it? At home. He wasn't even at the premiere. Damn. You telling this man, you stole that. <laughs> oh, so he could get his name in the same sentence with a great one. It is sad. He was just that bitter when we were shooting it. He told everybody, it should have been my role. Everybody on the scene. Why do you think no cast member has ever said anything? He couldn't have played that role like you. I thought he, he Sir, was. Sir, no one. Why no? He was with KD. He beat up Terry Crews. Why nobody know this story? You talking about in Hollywood, they switched off roles. You take this and he, what? So Ricky, Ricky Smiley knows this. And I don't know why he would lose a child and come on the air and start lying. That's why people believe in rituals right there. It's because, well, why would he lie? I don't know why liars lie. But I can tell you this. We auditioned in Los Angeles. Yes. I was audition number 201. 200 black comedians auditioned for the role of Money Mike with me. You're saying all 201 of us was auditioning and you had already had the role and had already shot the role in four days? 
The truth of the matter is the money Mike in the original script got raped in the bathroom. And that's what Ricky Smiley was OK with. Oh, oh. Cat Williams had to take the risk in front of the studios and the cast and our powers that be in his very first movie and say respectfully, humbly, guys, if we're talking about anything else, I have no credibility and I have no pull. But we're talking about comedy right. where I have all the credibility and all the pull. The problem with Friday After Next is we're trying to make a classic comedy. And this comedy involves a rape and rape is never funny, no matter who it happens to or what the circumstances are. If you would allow me to allow us to do this movie without a black man getting raped in it, I promise you that it will be twice as funny as it would be with him getting raped. So considering that's the real story, why would you bring up that story? 35 members of the cast and crew have never brought up that Ricky Smiley was going to play Money Mike. No one ever saw me put on a Santa Claus suit. We got a wardrobe department. They made a Santa Claus suit for me. Why that wasn't in the bloopers? Why? And, and here's the other thing. Everything that Money Mike said, Cat Williams wrote. So what did Ricky Smiley say on his? Mm. You can't say my lines. I wrote them. Mm. That's how I already know that I'm going to be funnier than you. Shannon Sharp is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Shannon Sharp is uncomfortable because he has been around a cat like this at the barbershop. Shannon Sharp is not uncomfortable because of his outfit. <laughs> that is a very comfortable outfit that he's wearing. Physically, he is not a, but actually, he didn't know that outfit was going to show them sweat marks. He's like, I cannot raise my arms right now because this nigga is out here. Because people got to remember if you do a, if I do a show, for example, and let's say Norm Finkelstein came on air and Norm Finkelstein said, and that's why Sam Cedar's a queer. He's a queer. He's from a queer family of queers. I would have to stop immediately. That's going to mm -hmm. be trouble. Uh, people talk. And you never want to be the dude that lets people rip on guests. Hmm. You can't do it. Right? You just can't do it. And Cat Williams ripped on everyone that came on Shannon Sharp's show. And Shannon Sharp played football for all of his life. And then he talked about sports after he was done with football. He walked out of the locker room into the sports studio. So he's never, and his job in the sports studio was to give his fucking opinion. Mm -hmm. Right? So he's never really had to deal in an arena where it's like, look, man, you can't say that. You can't say that. You can't, you stop. And the thing about being on, you know, regular TV, I was talking to Billy Bunton today. Shout out to Billy. He called me. Your stunt double. My stunt. Uh, he's, he, hopefully he can fill in for me soon because I have to go to a, my, my cousin's funeral coming up. Um, sorry. I mean, you didn't do it. I'm sorry to hear it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, um, 
I was like, Billy, we were talking about this interview and I was like, Billy, if you know, Billy worked at CNN, I was like, Billy, if this was on CNN, they would have been in your ear going, all right, we're going to cut the commercial. All right, we need you to pivot. All right, you stop it right now. Stop it right now. Okay, we're going to, we're just going to cut it. We're going to cut it. There's no one in Shannon Sharp's ear. No one's prepared for this. So they just sit back and let it roll. And I'm not complaining about it at all because, I mean, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but it's uncomfortable because I don't know how close Shannon Sharp is with Ricky Smiley. Shannon Sharp is from the South. I'm sure he grew up listening to Ricky Smiley's dumbass fucking uh, uh, crank calls. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like Ricky Smiley. I like this show. I'm sure he's fucking his friends with Steve Harvey. Ugh. My father is close with Cedric the Entertainer. Because <laughs> my cousin managed one of the people that was on the Steve Harvey shows. Interesting. Um, but you know, so Steve says sharp gooch sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Alex. You know this dude is shook right now. Look at him. Oh, absolutely. Because also Shannon Sharp isn't a street cat. It look it looks like he's aware that he's like that uh, cat is like one sentence away from saying something that is gonna like make the show go viral in a bad way. Yeah. I don't think he knows where it's gonna go, and he's doing in my opinion, what you do when shit's out of control. He's just mmming a lot. Yeah. You're going to sit there and take it. Yeah. When you don't know what to do, you don't have a producer. This is also the problem of not having people in your life that can tell you no and stop it. No and stop it are extremely important words and powers need, people need to be able to have. You don't think that like the show at least has some kind of filtration system? No, no. I don't people anybody. in the back. They speak up at some at certain points. Yeah, but there's no one in the show that's gonna be like, hey. Because I mean, it, it had to have been that that cat was acting completely. I want to say normal. But then right when the show started, he just boom. He was like, he turned a it on. Yeah, he's he like a racehorse. I well, you at, know, I thought ahead. you skipped. I thought you no. clips. No, I Friday after the next, like uh, he jumps in two feet because <laughs> he was ready. And I just think Shannon Sharp didn't. You know how much shit people talk about other people behind their backs on these shows and don't have the balls to say it to their face. Cat Williams is the reason why people get punched in real life. I'm not saying that Cat Williams gets punched. He has been punched. Or punches people, but you know. There's a reason why I don't like to talk shit online. But is he really talking shit? Yes. He is saying these things happened. And this is how you know these things happened. It doesn't make sense. For He's, a five-five black dude, 145 pounds to play Santa, it's not logical. There's a time and place for everything, and he chose this as his time and place, mm-hmm. right? 
Yes, Connor is right. There's a video of him getting choked out by a 13 year old. That is real. Cat Williams got choked out by a 13. 13- <laughs> oh. Five five hundred forty five pounds. That still was funny, but you know, when you're Shannon Sharp, you got to know how to control that. But Shannon Sharp again, he's a country dude, he's an athlete. Just because he's got a a, a southern patois and he's colored, doesn't mean he's from, you know, the Bronx like MT. <laughs> Not from the Bronx. <laughs> I can see Shannon Sharp not being prepared for this at all. He's not prepared for this. If I'm, if I'm hosting the show and Cat Williams comes on, I'm I'm locked in. I know what he's going to do. He's going to talk a bunch of shit. He's going to make fun of me. You know, he's going to call out all these people. He's going to name drop fucking everybody. I'm either going to goose out more of him or you know we're gonna fucking sit there and laugh about it i don't give a shit about puffy i'm not friends with ricky smiley would you would you try to stop him if it if, it, if i was shannon sharp yes if i'm jason miles no because i don't know those people and i don't like them i'm not a steve harvey fan so if you want to talk about steve harvey and his fucking fake hair i'd be like oh where who else got fake hair Worry, <laughs> who else got fake hair? You, you, that's what I would do. I remember I went out with someone once, and they had spent some time in the Playboy Mansion, and all they did—they told me one person had had a weave. They told me Jamie Foxx had a weave. Once they told me Jamie Foxx had a weave, I was like, I need to hear more. Fred Durst always trying to push up on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> this person did this. Mark Wahlberg really got a little dick. I wanted to know all the gossip. This show could have been way worse had Shannon Sharp been, had it been me. I would have been like, tell me more. How many times has Steve Harvey cheated on his wife? Does he use steroids? Will Smith is he, I, all of it would have been out. Jamie Foxx got a different hairline every movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been like, I'd have been like, hey, Cat Williams, we've never seen Fat Joe and Jada Pinkett in the same place at the same time. Are they the same person? I would have, all the conspiracy theories would have came out. Shannon Sharp was not prepared to get his friends thrown under the bus. See, that's what I wonder about. Because Kat says that he's responding to the previous interviews. Mm-hmm. And I I wonder if that was a secret. I don't I don't think it was. They don't I'm, impre- I'm, in, I'm impressed that despite all of his accolades and accomplishments, mm-hmm. um that Cat Williams has the time to listen to all these interviews. Right. I think Cat Williams did what everybody does. He saw the clip of Ricky Smiley. Because this clip, Shannon Sharp has someone that clips for him. And he was like, oh, no, he didn't. And then he probably saw the clip of Steve Harvey, heard through the grapevine, you know. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm, you know I'm about to set the record straight. Steve Harvey, this is Faison, all these cats. I mean, I'm going to play some more of it. Yeah. But oof. 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 
What he told everybody was, Cat Williams, hey, hey, don't nobody know who he is? I'm on the radio. I'm with Stephen Said. Everybody know me. That's what he told everybody that would listen to on the set. That's the truth of the matter. He was so egregious, not now, then. He was so egregious that, and Hollywood has never heard this in a hundred years. He was so egregious, I put in my contract that I won't work with Ricky Smiley again unless he's in a dress. Now, what was Ricky Smiley's next movie? Was it First Sunday? Did he wear a dress in it? You bet he did. It's in my contract. We coming for you, nigga! I think that's very appropriate right there. Hmm. <laughs> but again, is it a fact or is it not? I don't know. You want to get Ricky Smiley's IMDb up? Do you have the? You want me to pull it up? Should we pull it up? To. If you want to. If you want to, look at you. Why you, all of a sudden I got to deal with fucking Tucson <laughs> from the Bronx? God damn. <laughs> Can you bring me back the chick that went to the fame high school, please? Oh, man. <laughs> Fuck. I'm over here trying to hide my wallet all of a sudden. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, hold on, where's Ricky? God, where's this nigga's IMDB? I mean, if it's true, that's that's rough. That's rough. Um, what do you think? I found it. <clears throat> You think it's true? I think it's true. I don't think I look. I'm not saying he's lying. So let's say he hasn't been in a bunch of movies. He did do a movie after Friday After Next called Sweet Hideaway, and he plays duct tape. Jesus. And he didn't do First Sunday until looks like six years later. I'm trying to see if we can see his character duct tape. Sweet Hideaway looks like a movie. It looks like one of them Tubi movies. <laughs> I'm like, who's greenlighting these movies? Sweet Hideaway with Ricky Smiley. <laughs> Chris Lee said, I won't debate Varn unless he's in a dress. I love that. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to miss my phone call so I can go a little longer. I'm young. Damn it. See what I I hope you guys appreciate how much I love this show. <laughs> Especially after what Alex said off air about what men will do. <laughs> oh, hey man, no leaking the private chats. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say especially what Alex said about you be exploding in a propane, <laughs> propane I, said, incident. I said that nothing would make the show go more viral than if all of a sudden in your screen it just went bam <laughs> don't play that shit is on in the living room right now I gotta go turn it off because I'm a little scared and I don't want to waste propane <laughs> I'd be so scared to undo the propane line. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sweating like dude in Hurt Locker trying to undo a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, let's watch more of this. Why we put that in your, in your contract, cat? That's where he's the a believable actor. Him and Tyler Perry can't play a man to save their life. God damn! That was hilarious. 
Alex just. <laughs> That's. You know what that is? Huh? I would give it to him. That is a comedian's insult. Yeah. That is a that. Fair enough. Whatever. It was witty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Dude. Dude. This fool said a line. We're not going to get to that far in the thing. He said a line. Hold on. I told you what the line he said was. What was the line he said? Hold on. He said, you have an uh, unnatural allegiance to losers. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that. I was like, that's the hardest shit I've ever heard in my life. That's why this interview is so good. Cat Williams says some of the hardest shit I've ever heard in my life. Yep. Like, you have an unnatural allegiance to losers? Oh. He does things to Shannon Sharp where Shannon Sharp is very uncomfortable. That didn't sound right. That Be honest with you, in a suit like that, I'll do things to Shannon <laughs> Dude, he, yo, I'm just gonna keep playing it. I'm just gonna keep playing it because he's not done. Nope. We're nine minutes and fifteen seconds into the show. They play good women, and I believe that the best actor should be in the best role. God damn. So that's why, because when we released that clip and he said that, you responded because he said he was supposed to play Money Mike and you were supposed to play, play Santa Claus. An outright lie. So That he knows is a lie. So why would he say it? Because he's a liar. Nobody knows why liars lie. And that's why I had to come on the program. Cedric did the same thing. Cedric told you when you asked him, did you steal Cat Williams joke? He said it don't line up. How it don't line up that I did it on TV in 2018. You came to see me at the comedy store do it in 2019 and then did on the Kings of Comedy. Like what doesn't line up? I, this is a televised joke that Mark Curry helped me punch up and get to the level that it was. The same Steve that went to go watch Mark Curry do his whole sitcom and then stole everything Mark Curry had. Now, Steve got a sitcom where he the principal and he wear a suit and he and then he gets this high top fade, making all black men think he got the best lineup in the business. And it's a Shannon did not want to laugh at that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm really surprised that he's not laughing at all. He's like a stone, stone cold. He, right, dude. He eviscerated Steve Harvey on that line. Yes. He but said, is it a lie? I, again, I'm not talking about lies. I'm just talking about evisceration. Hey. And is it necessary? He just told he. He honestly, he said what we know. We know these know. things are true. We knew he had a fake high top. <laughs> you got every nigga in America think he got the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> I never watched the Steve Harvey show, and Toussaint brought that up and said that Steve Harvey show was a remake of Mr. Cooper, Hang with Mr. Cooper. Yes. First and foremost, 
I, that's not a Steve Harvey decision. That's not a Steve right. Harvey what? Decision. He didn't come out there. I've got an idea for a show. It's about a teacher from Oakland. I mean, the St. Louis. You know, wherever the fuck he's from. You know, living single, Queen Latifah's first foray into television is the template for Friends. I did not know that until there was an interview with, is her name Erica Cox? Is that her name? No, I don't know. Black girl that was the lawyer on the show. She was like, yeah, we watch our show and watch Friends. It's the exact same show. I was like, oh, I never put two and two together. Everything's the office after the office. When something hits and that, that hit is over, sometimes those writers, those people, those showrunners go to another show and they pitch the same show in a different setting mm-hmm. because it already worked. Yeah. Right? So that's not a Steve Harvey decision. Steve Harvey didn't go there and pitch the show. I think Kat is coming from a place of, as a comedian, if you really had integrity, you wouldn't not only be stealing Mark Curry's jokes, but you wouldn't have stolen his show. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people felt that Mr. Cooper ended too soon. Remember that? Yeah. People were like, oh, why did it go off the air? Oh, it's so good. Oh, why did they switch the time slot? And Mark Curry didn't just fall back into comedy successfully for some reason. He still talks about Steve, uh, Steve Harvey, though. You know, so I'm not saying this to defend Steve Harvey's honor as the most honorable man in Hollywood. I'm just saying, had Steve not taken it, another Negro would have took it. We're going to do another hanging with Mr. Cooper. We're going to just going to change it around instead of him being the substitute teacher. Is he going to be the principal or the vice principal, whatever the fuck it was? I think that's fine. That's that's the truth of the it matter. It just like, wouldn't have been a pattern. No. If if he feels that's the pattern, I mean, Mark Curry for a minute was was a hot commodity. He yep. he's a star search guy, right? Wasn't he? I that's think he's a star right. search guy. One of the few star search guys that actually got a long term career outside of Sinbad. Somebody else was on Star Search. Was it Chris Rock? There's quite a few people that lost on Star Search, but you know. Let's not give Steve Harvey all the credit that he, you know, pitched hanging with Mr. Cooper. Showrunners just redo shit. Again, the office is everything. Everything is the office after the office. Office been off the air longer than was on the air. And there's every the new, what's the new show? The public school? Elementary? No. Yeah, is that what it's called? It's not called. It's, it's if it's called that, it's the elementary. Weird. They're even called simple shit. The office. Community. The wreck park thing office spinoff office. Yeah, and even the office was based on the British one, right? Yeah. I mean that we stole British shit up. Three's no, basically is off the British show. Basically what we're getting at here is that the bourgeois television is all the same anyway. It's all the same. So mm-hmm. it's all it's all the same people. It's, it's, you want to talk about a cabal? He talks about a cabal of cats and all this shit. It's the same people that are showrunners and producers. They all went to the same elite institutions. That's what we talked about with academia earlier in the first hour of the show. It's the same people. And if you're Steve Harvey or you know, insert any comedian, Joe Rogan. 
there was a moment where all these dudes got TV shows in the 90s. Everybody got a TV show. Nobody's was successful. Sam Cedar talks about that shit. Yeah. Think now, about think about that 70s show and what that did for the careers of all of them cats. All of them. And also like um uh oh shoot, I forgot the name of the I'll come back to it. <laughs> well let's let's let Cat Williams yell about people some more. Fan yeah. unit. Then you ask it, why you not a movie star? I didn't want to be a movie star. This the same Negro that hated on Bernie with this same thing. I didn't want to be a movie star. No, you couldn't be a movie star. There are 30,000 new scripts in Hollywood every year. Not one of them asks for a country bumpkin black dude that can't talk good old baby and look like Mr. Potato Head. There ain't. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, <Yeah>. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Got him. Can we sit on that for a second? Oba KB. <laughs> <laughs> He said that nigga look like Mr. Potato. <laughs> he does. Oh. Oh my God. Damn. Damn. I mean, Oba KB. <laughs> They're from the same place. They're from the same state. Steve Harvey's from Ohio? Steve Harvey's from Ohio. That nigga said, oh, but KB. <laughs> God. 10 minutes and 52 seconds in. None. You would have to have range. I played a lot of characters, 60 movie roles. I'm not playing Cat Williams in there. I don't know. I don't know, Cat. We might not let you drink anymore. The way you, you. I mean, we ain't even got. I'm not fueled by alcohol. I've had a sip less than you. The truth don't need motivation. I'm just saying I can't let these dudes lie. Cedric's sitting here telling you why he ain't a movie star. He over here look like a walrus. You didn't say nothing. He can't even get his arms. Damn. Oh. oh seriously how is shannon sharp you know why shannon sharp is so cool right now because he knows he's gonna get some messages in his inbox from some pr people and managers yeah i mean Bad publicity is still good publicity, too. It's great publicity. Yeah. It's 2024. Brother, look, everybody listening, it's 2024. Donald Trump told you all shitty publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Motherfuckers ain't shut up yet. The louder and more obnoxious you are, the more people give a shit about you. 
Remember everybody gave a shit about MAGA communism for five minutes? People still give a shit about, what's that guy's name? Vouch? Motherfucker looks like the comic book store owner of The Simpsons. What fuck are you listening to that guy for? Stuff him in a locker where he belongs. <laughs> nice. I don't think he'd fit, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, I was a bully in high school. I could I could fit anyone in there. <laughs> one time one time I gave a kid with long hair a real swirly. Like I, I put his head in the toilet and then I flushed it and his hair went right into the toilet. And then I just kinda let him go and I was like, you know, you figure it out. But Jesus. I could get anyone in there. You thought fit anybody in a locker. <laughs> Hey, hey, shove. What's the other guy's name? Destiny. (laughs) Shove him in a fucking locker. When he said that shit about he was gonna fuck Ben Dixon's wife, I still think Ben Dixon should have invited him over to the house. Be like, oh hey, hey, uh, Destiny. (laughs) Here's my fat ass wife. Why don't you uh, show us what you got there, tough guy? I've been accused by multiple people as being a bully, so I don't, you know, just direct these people who need bullying to me. <laughs> and I'll do what I can. Um, <laughs> no questions asked. I, I just be obno- the secret theater, be obnoxious, be fucking loud. Don't. That's all you have to do. And I think Cat Williams is, I think he's legitimately pissed off. Yeah. yeah. This is legitimate anger. You know how I know? Because I talk like this when I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Toussaint, you've been around me. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm saying things that I'm really glad I don't say on air. Yep. He said that man looked like a walrus and he got in a walrus position. Pantomime a walrus. <laughs> <laughs> We're 11 minutes in. It's off his stomach sitting over here. Why I'm not a movie What? It's a situation. He never wrote anything. Remember, when Cedric the Entertainer starts, he's supposed to be singing, dancing, and telling jokes. That's why he's called the Entertainer. Right. We found out he can't sing, can't dance, and doesn't write jokes. He did four comedy specials. They're so bad, Shannon. They're not available on Netflix or Tubi. Can I say that again for the audience? Mm -hmm. They're so bad that they're not available on Netflix or Tubi. We coming for you, nigga. Just that's what the show should be called. Mm. I mean, he's right. He's right. Kushlik says Sharp's penis at this point has retracted inside his body. <laughs> He's right too. <laughs> not, not even Tubi. Yeah, I was thinking that too. He said, not even Tubi. He said when he said not even Tubi. <laughs> That's the free service. We're all the we're all the like. Second-rate movies go to die. All the movies that people make, and you like, why did you even bother making that? Put your iPhone down. Stop trying to make movies on your iPhone. Or because I need content for the show. 
my favorite Tubi movie was the one where the wife came in and dude was cheating and he was with the kid and she shot the kid. <laughs> I'm just a kid. Bang. <laughs> Tubi said, nah, we don't really need Cedric shows on here. Like, really? Okay. That's cool. I decided for movie night we should watch Crack House. By the way. Okay. You don't think Sam's a good a good comedian? The world doesn't think that, sir. I have twelve comedy specials. He has four specials that are not available on Netflix or Tubi. It seems to me, Cat, that you had a lot to get off your chest. No, no. You wanted to set the record straight. Winners are not allowed to allow losers to rewrite history. Hmm. I don't say any of these things if my name is not breached by these people on your platform. If you give a liar a platform to lie, then I'm not being messy by saying, hold on, that never happened. It's untrue. And there are hundreds of witnesses for each thing I'm saying. So let me ask you this. What is your relationship with Steve Harvey, Ricky Smiley and Cedric the Entertainer as you sit here currently? They for 30 years, they're a group. These aren't three random guys. The way that Ricky Smiley kept appearing at all of my auditions is because of Steven said he would tell anybody that, listen, they got a gang on that side. They know what it is. They know who the gang is. Why Earthquake not in movies? Because he's illiterate. He can't read. And they found that out when they gave him a show and put the cards in front of him. Like all of these dudes are co-entwined and they share secrets. And this is the age of truth. And 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 the truth doesn't need to be scared of the fact that people tell lies. Uh, Cats on drugs. Where are the stories? Why is there no story of anybody who ever sold a drug to me, did a drug with me, was around me when I was inebriated? I actually have people that have told me some cat drug stories. I got five daughters. I got five sons. Why would we tell these ridiculous stories? Because it's competition. You you feel like, well, why comedy comedy guys can't just get along? Yes. Why 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 didn't you get along with the other teams you were competing against? If you're a Denver Bronco, why you don't get along with the Cowboys? Something wrong with you? But I don't disagree. I don't no, dislike no, all the no. Cowboys. Cat, you like this? No, that's okay, not. Okay, what comedian do you did like? Did you play against the team? Yes. I've taken 46 comedians with me on the road. 46. Okay. I'm not the comedian you can give that to. I only put on comedians that are funnier than me. Anybody that ever told you differently was a fat Faison liar. Damn. They're nobody. Damn. Faison catches strizzes. <laughs> You said you thought I forgot about Faison. (laughs) (laughs) Strizzies. Dr. Claus says 12 comedy specials is also capped. Does that mean it's not true? I thought before he said it was 19. I don't know. Maybe it's 12 with Netflix. Faison, fucking big worm, caught a fucking Strizzies. I will say this about good people in the industry. Good people 
put on if if a good person if if somebody puts you on you're not related to them you didn't fuck them <laughs> you don't got dirt on them if somebody puts you on that's a good cat and there's a there's a very small amount of good cats in the business in the music business i met a, a few good cats that did amazing shit and little shit goes a long way in the business. Yeah. You know, taking you on tour. Huge. It just changed my life. It changed my whole life. The way people look at me, the respect I was able to get when I when I went to places like L.A. and New York, <clears throat> the media, how they classify me. Now I'm an artist. I'm not just that nigga that makes music like the rest of these niggas. Now I'm like an artist. That's 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 a a real artiste. Cuz one cat took me on the road and then did a remix. All in people that was in the studio, you if you guys watched the the fucking book launch party, millions of records sold was sitting across from me and Ben Burgess. All those people have done amazing things for me. Just just because. There's a handful of good people. <clears throat> I don't agree with a lot of the shit the dude's been saying lately, but Doug Lane changed me and Pascal's life. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking to any of y'all right now. If Doug Lane doesn't say, um, I'm going to put your show on once a week. We didn't, even have, we didn't even have a thousand YouTube subscribers and we didn't have, I think we had 20 patrons, if that. That shit changed the next month. I wouldn't be here either. You wouldn't, exactly. Changed my life. When Sam Cedar said, I like this thing you wrote in medium. Medium. I'm going to put you on the show. I didn't have nowhere to stay. If you watched that show, my first time on Majority Report, I was staying on a friend's extra couch in the central coast of California. It was before I came to Mexico. I told him, I was like, I got to do this show in the morning. Can I, you know, oh, Jay, no problem. I got you. There's a handful of good people in this world. Cherish them. Hug them. Tell them you love them. Appreciate them. Because everybody ain't like that. So if Cat Williams is really taking cats out that ain't nobody's, that's a good dude. Because he gets nothing from that. He's not selling the extra tickets from that. He's nothing from that. It's a good dude. The industry would be a better place if there was more good dudes. Much better. Like me in the business. Faison just called a straight. Faison said that getting a Netflix special is easy. I have 12 specials. Guess how many Faison got? 
zero. Mm. Why is he allowed to have conversations about real stand up people? We do not let people who are on the juice discuss real athletes. Mm. That's all. As a journalist. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I don't harbor any resentment to any of these entities because I can't be jealous. I've never seen them have anything that I ever wanted. If you sign up for their program, you get a light skin, weird face wife that never do an interview. Listen, in 20 years. Yeah, he he reacted that time. <laughs> Shannon Sharp said, "Leave Ti out of this." <laughs> but here, the next day, people are making photo composites of the weird wives <laughs> with somebody. I won't say who, <laughs> but somebody sent me. A meme of Tiny with Smokey Robinson's hair. Oh God! <laughs> Look at Shannon Sharp. Why are you talking about these niggas' wives, man? Ladies, women alone. What y'all gonna say about me if I pull up with a light-skinned woman? <laughs> You're going to be mad at me, Toussaint, if I just pull up with a light skin and be like, Jay, you sold out? She has a weird face. That's fucked up. If she has What's a weird, weird face, movie? I'm going to be expecting this podcast to do nothing. <laughs> That's the sellout. That's the sellout. If Alex Herbert show up with a light skinned chick with a weird face, oh. <laughs> you got money now. <laughs> You guys read my new piece in the Atlantic? (laughs) Yeah, right? I'm going to Romania for six years. I got a MacArthur Genius Grant. Start publishing all this stuff in reputable outlets. Fucking people actually read. All because of my light skin, madame. (laughs) Your light skin. If Anytime I get in trouble and somebody blames me for like bullying or something, I'll just be like, "But did you see my light skinned madame? Like, oh, <laughs> did you see my light skinned woman? Forget it. That's fucked up. What's a weird? Fa- to me, Tiny has a weird face. T. First of all, Ti is fucked up for putting the camera on that woman early in the morning like that. Oh wow! Did you see the? Did you see the thing of Tiny? I, did, I didn't. You didn't, Alex? Did you see the thing with Ti's wife? No. I'm not gonna stop this to show that, but it's rough. We're gonna look it up. It's oof. <laughs> <laughs> oof. Wait a minute. Let's just look at Alex's face. Let's just look at Alex's face. Wait, hold, on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I didn't realize you had my screen up. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Steve says start making those cringe interracial relationship TikToks. <laughs> 
There's a dog that kind of reminds me of, but I can't. I don't know dog types. <laughs> just, like, I was like, you didn't look that bad when you was in a skate. Every man wants a wild man. <laughs> That's all I can think yeah. about. Because <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> 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 them white jeans doing a number on tiny. <laughs> 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 I would say so. Dude, Alex, were you kind of shocked when you saw that picture of her face? You're like, whoa. <laughs> Every man needs a woman. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still looking at pictures, too. I'm like, to each your own, man. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean... They got something special. Love is love, Jason. How dare love you? Love is love, right? How dare hey. you? Can you woo, woo, woo? Can you woo, woo, woo? She look like Quaker Oats. <laughs> they, they, they got Quaker Oats memes. They got Smokey Robinson memes. It's got so many memes right now. But when he said you get a weird face, light skinned woman, is Steve Harvey wife weird faced it? I mean, some of them look fine. She's not that light, though. Okay. Her eyes are light. Is is Vanessa Williams a weird-faced, light-skinned woman? No. Okay. What if I walk around with a woman that looks like Vanessa Williams? Well, I mean, what if you walk around with a woman that looks like... like <laughs> what if... Yeah, I, know. I know. What if? <laughs> I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. Which <laughs> Vanessa? The one from Melrose Place in the Maxi Pad commercials, or That's the L Williams? Um, the what was what was it? Not giving you the best that I got. What was her song? Save the best for last. Save the best for last. Rick Fox, baby mama. That <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> Baby mama. If we ever run into Vanessa Williams, Tucson, can we just yell out, "Hey, ain't you Rick Fox, baby mama?" That's rough. Just <laughs> <laughs> won't do an interview. Nobody's ever talked to her, and they, she's never been interviewed anywhere. And now, understand, I'm not talking about one person. What I just told you applies to seven people. How they all end up with that. That's part of what you get. I came in this business saying I was going to expose. When I talked about Michael Jackson, when I talked about R. Kelly, they canceled me for these things because why would you talk about another black dude? Race is not where the line is drawn. It's God's side and the other side. And we don't care nothing about the other side, period, period. All of these uh, big dick deviants is all catching hell in 2024. It's up for all of them. It don't matter if you Diddy or whoever you is. T.G. Jakes, any of them, the, every, all lies will be exposed. That's all. And, and, and anyone who takes that the wrong way know why they take it the wrong way. 
The truth is the light. I didn't have no more of these. Amen, amen. Gee. Mm -hmm. uh, I kind of <clears throat> get on here. Right. After that, I don't really know where to go. Let me one more time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. We good now? Because the people want to know why would he get blackballed? Yeah, oh, because 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 in thirty years I've done nothing but collect information, knowledge, and your secrets. So if you and a man was in a corner doing something you wasn't supposed to be doing, you will tell it. No, somebody come to tell me. Okay. I gather that. I value that. I'll pay for that. Come, tell me. I know so many things I shouldn't know, and they all know it. They all know it. Why? Because you don't make me the villain. Not the guy that raises black children and ain't never done a hard drug in his life and don't have no stories of doing nobody dirty. And they'll just go out and they'll lie. The the industry doesn't mess with Cat because he didn't show up for the studio. No studios have ever said that. Look at my IMDb. It will show you that no studio has ever lost money with me on the script. How? That's why I'm saying that's why I can't let Ricky Smiley say he was supposed to play Money Mike because I wrote the words for Money Mike. I designed the hair for Money Mike. I collaborated with the wardrobe department and made outfits to make sure that no one in America would be wearing what Money Mike was wearing. I told them to go get the prowler. I then told them to paint it purple. I told them don't have an actor as playing a pimp. We could get an actual pimp Archbishop Magic Don Juan to play like I. I did far too much work for somebody to come years later and try to tag along just for their own self-aggrandizement. Why didn't Cube set the record straight? Terry Crews could have set the record straight. Mike Epps could have set the record straight. Why none of them set the record straight? That's what you were supposed to ask him when he told you those lies that but no I didn't one's know ever heard. Right, but he's telling you something no one's ever heard of. Nobody has ever heard. Oh, Matt, Aff Ben Affleck and Matt Damon was in a movie, and somebody said, "Y'all should switch roles." And like, <laughs> this is a business. But that's the thing, Cat. <laughs> Normally, when people give you information, I'm thinking I'm hearing it for the first time, and they're giving information no one else knows or has ever heard. So I'm taking them at face value. These are like this is like Steve Harvey telling people he used to be homeless. That's my story. That's not his story. Steve Harvey was never homeless. When he, Mark Curry was touring with him 25 years ago, he was making $3,000 a show in cash and doing five shows a week. They, they just tell the stories. This, my, thanks to my wife, I'm where I am. You said that about the first wife. You forget that? You told us it was her. Then you went and married somebody else that think like a man. Like, what are you talking about? They just they think they can rewrite history. The uh, uh, guy, Tory, did a beautiful special about the comedy store and Fat Tuesday, where he said that Steve and Cedric and Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish came through there and made all lies. Steve and Cedric never performed at the comedy store at all. Tiffany was only seen at the Laugh Factory in 15 years in Hollywood. No one in Hollywood has a memory of going to a sold out Kevin Hart show. There being a line for him ever getting a standing ovation at any well, comedy club. He already had his deals when he got here. Have we heard of a comedian that came to L.A. and in his first year in L.A. he had his own sitcom on network television and had his own movie called Soul Plane that he was leading? No, we've never heard of that before that 
person or sense that person. What do you think a plant is? Maybe people don't understand the definitions of these words. He just did his documentary with Chris Rock where he shows you that his whole upbringing in comedy was on the East Coast. Yeah, it was. So how simultaneously was he here in Los Angeles doing the same thing? It didn't (laughs) happen. It didn't happen. And I, I, I hate to seem like a petty individual for picking apart lies. But Jesse Soleil going to keep lying until you say we don't believe you. Like it's important in the checks and balances of the. U- Kushlick says Sharp doing the protect me body language. <laughs> he is. He is. I miss my favorite part because that propane heater was going on in the living room and I got scared. So I turned it off. But when he caught, when he said about a big dick deviance, <laughs> when he said big dick deviance, I was like, this dude is crazy. He is motherfucking crazy, and I'm here for it. Universe that liars not get to make complete narratives for themselves. Are you not afraid about being blackballed again? These are some power people. What do you mean again? These people are not powerful. Satan can't create anything. That includes blessings for his people. Mm. That's why, you know what the number one job of somebody that sold their soul in Hollywood is? What? Is to act like it didn't happen. They all do the same job. Why do you think Gary Owen can't cross over and he already white and been in comedy for five years? What I say ain't the case. It's a cabal. It's a it's a consortium. They they rock with who they rock with and they don't with who they don't. But I'm not scared of being the competition any more than you were when you lined up uh, uh, across from a superior team. Yeah, on paper, they're a better team. Right. They have all the assets and resources and we don't. But let us get on the line, boy, boy, and see if that factors in. I, I guarantee you it won't. Wow. He is terrified, right? <laughs> this man that is all of five feet, five inches, has frightened a six foot four inch, 250 pound Hall of Fame football player. He's got a gold jacket. He is terrified of this little old man. Gray beard. Rasta Tam. <laughs> Shannon Sharp was like, I don't know what he's going to do next. <laughs> he's been drinking and uh, <laughs> it's like he just saw Ray Lewis in his eyes or something. Like, look at this. This is this is not for the camera fear. This is righteous fear. Look how tight his legs is in these sweatpants. <laughs> All his body language is so exposed in this outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, you thought she was finna look cute for the chicks, and now you're over here looking like a frightened man because uh, Cat Williams just fucking got in a three-point stance in front of you <laughs> and threatened to fucking take your head off. Because <laughs> they said that arm is going really far back. <laughs> look Shannon Sharp's shoulder. 
Kushnick says, what did you say a few days ago, Jason? Looking for weapons in the environment escape. <laughs> Dude. Alex, look how scared you look. You're like, I, I, this nigga, I don't know. I don't know what you're capable of. Bro. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the arm... Arm bag is a pretty uh, pure indication that he doesn't know what the fuck is about to happen. He don't know, and he's not. He's like, I- I'm not ready. Yeah. I'm whatever you're about to either do. That or, either that or he's got his arm there because he's like, am I going to have to restrain this motherfucker? <laughs> am I going to have to? Am I about to have to get up and like stop this? I mean, wh- whatever's going through his mind. It's it's I'm afraid of what's going to happen next. Nothing he got his good. other hand with the cards covering the family jewels just in case. Just in case he kicks you in the nuts. That's how I am around dogs and small children. I always want to bite you in the nuts. Punch you. Because Shannon Sharp gotta be a different person. <laughs> Did you see? Did you see him exhale? <laughs> you see him exhale. The shirt is so tight you can see him breathe. He and he sat down. He went. <gasps> Somebody send this to Shannon Sharp, please. I would. You know, it's a life changing show. Going on Club Shay Shay. Imagine if Tir went on Club Shay Shay. My God. My goodness. Do you know how angry? Black America would be. Oh, I would Shannon, how it. many cards you got? Shannon, how you ready for this? <laughs> Quest Love is a coon. Like <laughs> randomly shit talking people with no context. Oh yeah, I'd be shit talking people that no one would know about at all. And that's why Jared Ball, nigga, he uses lightning cream on his skin. Like nobody. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll be talking about people nobody would know about. Does Jimmy Dore do that? Does Jimmy Dore do that? That would be hilarious. And by the way, that's a joke. Jerry Ball, I don't know what kind of skincare he has, and I doubt that he uses lightning cream. Not a I'm joke sure. about Quest Love, though. Quest Love, fuck him, but. <laughs> Airball seems like a decent human being. I don't think he puts cream on to lighten his skin. That was a joke. Can't it, that's the one clip that Shannon Sharp don't get it, but Jared Ball gets it. And all of a sudden, I got to get fucking all them niggas talking shit. Another person. Absolutely. And he always was. That doesn't change when I change teams. That remains the same. That's how a legacy is built. So all of these shortcut takers, I, I was they canceled me for talking about Harvey Weinstein before the thing came out. But he offered to suck my penis in front of all my people at my agency. I don't know if I believe that one. <clears throat> Alex, thank you for joining us, Alex. I feel like, yes, it's late for me, but. When someone starts talking about accusations of sucking penis, and I coincidentally have to leave right now, <laughs> it seems very sus. It's not a good opportunity for me to leave. But I will say that um, I'm also skeptical of that claim. 
<laughs> Alex, have a good night, brother. Good night, yeah. Alex. See ya. Appreciate you, man. Alexander Herbert. Uh, that's funny. That I don't think Harvey Weinstein wanted his second stick. Yeah, that that's a that's an odd claim. Unless if this is the situation. You ever seen the movie Boogie Nights? Tucson? Sorry, did I ever see Boogie Nights? No, I didn't. Okay, there's a scene in Boogie Nights which is loosely based, very loosely based on the story of former porn actor and informant John Holmes. Mm-hmm. And John Holmes allegedly was part of a, a robbery attempt for a very powerful man that used to own all these clubs in LA that still exist to this day. <clears throat> and John Holmes and his dope fiend friends did a strong arm robbery on this dude who they knew had money and, and heroin which is two things they were looking for at the time. And they, I think they just, they just kind of shit all over dude's house. They were real, they were like bikers and kind of just shitty dope fiends, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there's a scene in Boogie Nights that they try to remake the robbery scene a little bit. And unless Harvey Weinstein was like Eric Bogosian, well, that's actually in the other movie. I forget who played the the character in Boogie Nights. But unless he was like all coked out like that, there's like a little Asian dude that's like super petite dancing in the corner to like some arty goth music. Hmm. And uh, and he's been up for a week and a half. And there's like chicks there too. And Cat Williams <clears throat> has like his hair done. Hella nice. And maybe he's wearing like a, a cute little outfit or something. If all those things are happening at the same time, maybe I buy that. But a lot of things have to be going on for me to buy the fact that Harvey Weinstein's like, ah, cat, I love you. <laughs> Because I listened to the taped conversation that busted him. It was a Filipino model, I believe. And he was trying to get her to get in the shower with him. And all the people that complained were women. You know, I don't know if Harvey Weinstein, if he said Harvey Weinstein just wanted to see me suck someone's dick to do it. That's weird. But still, I think all the prerequisites have to be like cocaine up for a few days, petite little Asian dude dancing in a corner. Like all those things would have to happen. Weird gothy music playing. Neon signs in the house for no reason. Like a lot of things would have to be going on for me to believe that uh, that that happened in front of all of his friends and no one said anything. So I don't know. I don't believe that one. Do you believe this one, Tucson? You think that's a little far fetched? 
Sounds a little far-fetched, but also kind of wouldn't put anything past some of these people. And I do think that it's all going to start coming out. I think if Harvey Weinstein was out there trying to suck little petite black men dicks, a bunch of petite black men that have never made it would have come out and said Remember, someone always says something. I mean, maybe. Maybe someone did say something and they weren't heard. They go away, but they say it. People still bringing up that black woman that claims she wrote The Matrix and Terminator. Still. Still. 20-some years later, people still talk about that shit. You can make up some bullshit and people will talk about you. Because it's gossip. Not one person gossiped? That was one of the things that um, Neil deGrasse Tyson said to Joe Rogan. When Joe Rogan was uh, saying some goofy shit about the moon landing. Neil deGrasse Tyson said, who can keep a secret that juicy? Sure. Seriously, everybody talks. In my Millie Vanilli piece, which I do have to finish, the, a dude, the original rapper guy, he talked before the album hit and was doing press about it. People talk. Unless they don't know what's going on, everybody talks. Everybody talks. We have conversations about the rumors we didn't heard. I've been hearing stuff about Buster Rhymes for over 20 years. I've been hearing stuff about Puffy for over 20 years. That's I heard about Puffy doing crazy shit, and that's why Mace had left. Remember them rumors? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you live in New York. I know you heard it before I did in California. Sure did. Again, everybody talks. These cats, if you're doing shit in public, everybody's talking. I've heard about Bill Cosby and Quincy Jones for over 20 years. I'm not saying this because I'm better than you. I'm not saying this because, oh, I was in the music business kind of sort of half-assedly, whatever. Just you're going to hear these stories. There's a person that's been on this show. I won't say I won't say their name. They used to be a makeup artist in L.A. and we were talking about shit that we've heard. And she was like, "I've been hearing about Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby since the '90s." Everybody talks. Nobody was talking about this. I don't know if I buy that. Sorry, cat. You gonna have to show me the photos. Okay. <laughs> of Harvey Weinstein on his knees, just fucking. Just, uh. <laughs> Just a little taste. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? He did all of that. I'm thinking I'm the only black person on the script. I get there, it's three other black guys on there. Woo. Huh. So you wonder what they did to get there. <laughs> I told him, oh, what y'all do? <laughs> <laughs> and this is why when I walk in a room, heads go down. 
Behind my back, I'm nothing. I'm just a regular old comedian that's bitter and jealous. But in my face, no, no, no. The king has walked in and they have to respect it only because I've not taken the shortcuts. I've not been funded. They pay you to not talk about things they don't want you to talk about. They tell you that themselves. I can't do that because I. Steve told you that he stopped doing stand up because he has seven TV shows. The only problem is when he stopped stand up, he didn't have those seven TV shows. He stopped stand up because he got in a comedy battle called the Championship of Stand Up Comedy with one Cat Williams in Detroit in front of 10,000 people and lost because Cat Williams said he was actually bald and that was a wig. And I went in and that's why he couldn't do stand up anymore. Imagine him coming to tell you another story where he got so big and it was Bernie and them's fault because they wanted to be movie stars. What? You called Ocean Eleven to get that nigga's part. Mm. What do you mean you didn't want to be a movie star? So on the behalf of Bernie, I, I would have to say what I have to say. Have you have ever been on? Have you ever been on tour with any of these guys? The guy, I, every guy I mentioned to you is not funny out there in real life. Mm. So no. Mm. Faison's never done his own tour in thirty years. Steve Harvey don't do stand up no more. Cedric doesn't write. Mm. I'm sorry, he doesn't write. Ricky Smiley has been playing the same old black woman forever. Like, you can't get a young fan base with that. Like, you got to be doing karaoke around the country to make that work. Right. Mm. And he is. Mm. But I'm a stand-up comedian. This is my 19th 100-city tour. I'm not going to have a conversation with these lazy bums that will take a shortcut at any point. Yes, it's easier for you to juice than to get in the gym. But you don't get to bring that body in here talking crazy. Talk about how good you look. What? No, no. There's too many comics out there that are putting their life on the line to tell these jokes, man. Okay. Let's get to your upbringing. We're going to circle back and we'll get some... Uh -huh. I don't want to protect him real quick. Because you had said for the Kings of Comedy, it was in 2018, 2019. But did you mean 1999? Because it came out in 2000. So I just want to make no, sure. No, I didn't. No, no, no. So what I meant to say was, remember, he said, I couldn't do stand-up anymore. I had seven TV shows. I said he didn't have any of those TV shows at the time. I know. You're talking about, you talking about Cedric. Joke stealer from Cedric. Oh, okay. Cedric. So, okay. 2019, but it came out in 2000, so I just want to make sure. Okay, no, 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 no. What comes out in 2000? The, the original Kings of Comedy. Right. My, I'm on BET's Comic View, and they're using this as the commercial in 1998. Okay. That's why I'm saying, yeah. So if I, yeah. So if I yeah. said the date's wrong, yeah. So yes. let's go ahead and clear that up. Okay. You said, yeah. I had Cedric on here, and I asked him about the joke stealing, and yeah. he said the timeline doesn't add up. Right. To your to to that point, you say, right. So he thought that I was just a no name comedian, and that he could take this joke and nobody would know. Right. The issue was that I had already done this particular joke on BET's Comic View twice. Right. It had done so well on BET's Comic View that they had made it part of the commercial.
So part of the commercial of make sure you tune in to BT was you seeing me doing this joke. Right. And this joke is one of those jokes in comedy where you set it up and it takes a little longer to set it up. It takes about three minutes. But then you're just hitting them with jokes after right. that because you don't have to set it up. Right. Uh, Mark Curry had already helped me work on this joke because I thought it was good because I was getting a standing ovation on it. He had me go back in the lab and help me craft it to be an even more powerful joke. So this is not just a random joke. This is my very best joke, and it's my last joke, and it's my closing joke. Okay. 1998, I'm doing this joke. It's on Comic View. Cedric comes to the comedy store. He watches me in the audience. He comes backstage. He tells me what a great job I did and how much he loves the joke. Two years later, he's doing that as his last joke on the Kings of Comedy. And he's doing it verbatim. He's just changed my car into a spaceship. Him and Steve had already apologized for me, so I gave him a pass for a decade. Why would you sit here and be like, I talked to, I saw Cat 30 times, <laughs> and Cat didn't do, as I stand before you, Shannon. I would have bust Cedric's stomach. <laughs> there was nothing that would have kept me from one of these in, in that patch right there. Like, are you kidding me? Why would you downplay me like that? Why did I give you a pass if you were just going to lie? And so that's what I'm saying. Like, they're all a group. Cedric, Steve, Ricky, they've been a group. Everybody knows that. They've been aligned. And, and there are these alliances in comedy. And if you stand against them, then they sometimes have a problem. But... We don't let that change the content because that's all you know me for is that I'm quite likely to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. Can you believe we're this deep into the NFL season? We got to make every second count. <laughs> Damn you, Shannon Sharp. <laughs> <sighs> I think that's enough. It's a lot of cat. That's enough, dude. Um, Kosher says he kind of buys the economic cartel thing. I'm sure they're friends that work together. I don't, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt a lot of the things he said. The Harvey Weinstein, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. Um, someone asked a question on Patreon about a show I mentioned about. We did a show about California crime rates and I don't remember if it was the whole show or if it was part of a show but I remember we did talk about red states being violent mm-hmm. I know Varn was on that show mm. it was a Saturday I remember that I don't remember the name of it though sorry someone asked the name of the show um, we and talk like Cat Williams. I've done over 700 shows on This Is Revolution. <laughs> I have to apologize. I do not know the titles for each one. <laughs> if you guys knew the scramble to put a lot of these shows together, 
Mm-hmm. Like, oh, don't bother asking Jason that question. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well ask somebody else because that's how <laughs> someone says 700 shows of TR, but none of them while wearing a dress. I don't know if I would ever do that. I, I had a friend <clears throat> that did some acting work. I think he still does voiceover work right now. And he said the first thing his manager told him, he's a black guy, of course. Mm-hmm. First thing his manager told him was he looked him in the eye and says, never wear the dress. Damn. I was like, word? He's like, that's the first thing they told me. Did he say why? Um, He didn't tell me if the manager was black or white. I think he said his manager was Jewish, actually. How to get that job? <laughs> I mean, he was not a—he was a struggling actor. He—he he had done something that kind of caught on. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, it was definitely after my ex left. It was like 2016 or so. He had made the LA move, um, but he ended up having a bit of a breakdown. I mean, LA is a crazy place. It's a crazy place. So, you know, and sadly, I haven't talked to that brother in years. I, w- I wish I knew where he was. He was a great friend. We're from the same city. But, oof, Cat Williams. That was fun. That was fun. As, oof. Shake your head, dude. There's more. I will say this. When Cat Williams goes into more of his life stuff and Shannon Sharp pivots finally rewatching this with you guys watching his body language and watching him breathe so fucking funny Shannon Sharp eventually <laughs> pivots uh, like a good host should and he started asking dude about his life whenever someone goes off like that ask them about themselves they'll calm down it's simple and that's to me when the show went off the rails because Cat Williams starts telling all these tall tales about being the richest 12 year old at Runaway of all time. <laughs> I didn't have any family in Florida. It's interesting that you're able to live. Florida is supposed to be the state with the most homeless children. Florida has a very large homeless population. That's part of the piece yeah. that I'm writing. The top five states for homelessness. Top five, top five, top five. Florida, Texas, California, New York. <laughs> Sorry, the time bang rebellion. It, it, it felt like everything he says, if you watch the show, everyone that he doesn't like isn't real. Everything he's done is the greatest thing of all time. And he he says it in in the, in the interview. He says he's one of the richest men in the world. Unless you're, you're saying like one of as far as like there's a billion men in the world. I'm one of those billion men. 
cat saw Umar and Charleston going viral and said, I can do better. <laughs> <laughs> this is Cat Williams. And and Shannon Sharp brought up stuff that are kind of big time viral Cat Williams clips. He brought up the Dave Chappelle thing where Cat Williams spills the beans about Dave Chappelle's real contract with Netflix. And he and he talks about the encounter he had with the Wanda radio woman where he just destroys that woman. Oh. That was You know what? So Watch that. Was, was the, we, before we leave. Before we leave. Mm-hmm. Let's let's watch that because that is what's her name? Wanda? Wanda Smith. Wanda Smith. That is by far one of the most vicious fucking takedowns of of all time. If by vicious you mean delicious. <laughs> then yes. I mean, I felt so bad for that woman. No, he discussed it and he's like it was a bit of a tightrope. Like I'm not trying to make fun of people who look like her. I'm not trying to make fun of people who are like her. Just trying to make fun of her. That's difficult. Again, this is the most beautiful thing. The most beautifulest thing in the world. Look, you know what? I don't even know who you are. Like. (laughs) Independent. You're listening to Controversy Radio with your host, Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) You cook? Do you cook for your kids? Absolutely. Tell me some of the things you cook that they're proud of. Like, Dad made some. You got the best spaghetti. You got the best steak. What do you have? (laughs) (laughs) As a father of seven with an unlimited food budget, you can make... Uh, whatever is necessary. I said what they like. Excuse me. Excuse me. me. I said what do they like? Just because you're a poor interviewer doesn't mean. (laughs) I said you answer the question and just tell me. Man, you're a strong black woman. (laughs) Is it okay for me to answer? Keep interrupting the answer. Everyone can hear it. It sounds like you like me a little bit. It's starting to bleed over the airwaves. (laughs) It is. Oh, really? I want to let everybody know that Wanda. With enough glitter for the 4th of July. <laughs> That's right, kissable lips. My kids, you got one? I have three boys. Excellent. Yes, I do. Aren't boys simple? Mm-hmm. Aren't boys simple? Um, they can be. They can be. Yeah. Wanda knows she did. I'm what? She didn't do as much cooking in the latter years as she uh, did in the beginning. Uh, whatever. I cook. I do it all. I didn't say that she well, didn't. Well, that's right. I did it in the beginning and the middle and the end. What's your favorite wait, wait, thing to wait, cook? Wait, 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 your um, so, yeah. They like for me to cook. I do a really nice broccoli. They like my broccoli and they love my baked chicken. <laughs> hey, hey. They- that's how you know she can't cook. <laughs> or she got some vegan kids in Atlanta. I do a really nice broccoli. I do a really nice broccoli. You lying. When she said, what's your kids like, spaghetti, a steak? It's like, oh, you can't cook. And you eat chicken strips everywhere you go. <laughs> chicken strips. Yo, chicken strip eating ass half a shut up. Right now, look up your phone and see what it takes to make broccoli. And tell me he doesn't say, he doesn't say, he up water. Uh, uh, <laughs> the only step in broccoli, he water. 
Whatever. Simmer. Have you ever heard of burned broccoli? Uh, Can you burn broccoli? You can't burn it because it's made in a pot of water. You don't, you don't know nothing about. You know what her second meal they love from her? What I do with corn. Oh, I did it out that can what? and I put it in there. And I got a can of water and I put it on there. And then I get some Zatarans. They don't Zatarans. expect that. <laughs> I never look at Zatarans the same. They don't expect that. Damn. I am a great cook. Aw, yes, ma'am, you good at eating stuff up. Uh, you're good at telling us about what's going on in jail. Yes, ma'am, and getting out to tell you. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you at an arena named Phillips, and you going to tell Damn. Now, her feelings got hurt about the broccoli. Tucson, you going to say something? <laughs> Did your feelings get hurt, too? You cut his joke in half. Oh, okay, you mad at me? Okay, I don't want you yelling at me like this nigga did her. Tell me at the Atlanta Comedy <laughs> Theater. Right. True. Tomorrow, be there. All right. Red Grant right. show. I know Red I'll Grant. be there. Don't miss it. Red Grant, <laughs> Cat Williams. Thank y'all, y'all for coming through, man. <laughs> and thank you for having me. Thank, thank you. you for coming. I see why people come to Wanda's show. Yeah. Because Frank Ski puts it down. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that crazy ass is. Uh-huh. Is he crazy? Help me get to the salon. All right. It's the People Station Viewer 3. Your hair is kind of... <laughs> that joint was... My hair is 19 inches long and I have no perm. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Oops. Oh, that's mm. not a perm. No, it is not. Mm. Nice lady. That's come, run, come run, come run one of your gnarled fingers. While you on air, so they can hear you live. Come on, come on, let me come over here. No, 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 that's not how that works. Oh, okay. Ooh. Well, then stay over there. Don't worry, ain't nobody putting their hands through yours. That's right. They don't have to. Uh-huh. I don't want them to. Get on out of here. You okay? <laughs> you okay? Only one of our you hands are, moving while we talk. Damn. <laughs> Are you okay? Red Grant, Atlanta Comedy. Tell Wanda to take off them headphones and that wig. And make sure. That wig and that headphones come together. And take off them old ass clothes you got on. How about that? Yeah, they're old. Versace, yeah. Uh, It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. She said, I want to apologize to the people at Versace Collection. This is your 2019 but you, but you had but, to open it up and show us it was it, Versace. I wanted to. No, I didn't have to open it, it up. These though. people are on radio. They can't see anything. <laughs> yeah, but you opened up so we could see it. Yes, ma'am. It. Well, happy, happy, happy. And happy, happy whatever stories for the Black Lane Bryant. That's right. That's right. Very proud. Oh, okay, let's Very play some proud. music real quick if we can. We going to a break real quick? Very All right, proud. so we go to a break. Shout out to Forever 21. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Shout out to They don't remember I me for wilding out, right? I'd be right one of Jones on. Get this inmate out of here. If, if, if you can't get your blood pressure down, you can't call me out. If your cholesterol is 600. Whatever, little mama. I'm little mama's baby daddy. No, you little mama. Yes, ma'am. And what are you, girl? You probably shouldn't talk about sizes. Oh, that's okay. You're big on the radio. That's right. Damn. And you're, and you're big Turn in it prison. down. And you're yes, big ma'am. in prison. I've never been to prison. Uh, you have 19 felonies, times. no convictions. Yeah. Knock it yeah. off. Prison okay. and jail aren't the same. Okay. No, no. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Calm, calm no, no, no. Down. Only one calm, of us has $12 calm, worth of jewelry on. Okay. No, no, no. No, no, $12. No, 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 no. That all is 
Wanda's no, available. No, if you want to, if you want to have Wanda's jewelry, please uh, go to Sitgo or Quick Trip at any point. If you buy two packs of Newport 100, they will give you everything Wanda has on right now for $7.99, and it comes with a free car wash. Won't you come on down? Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. We appreciate it. The Shea, show starts at 9. Her. Wanda gets to the stage 917. Uh, okay. Come on down. Go Shay, please come get Miss Cat uh -huh. and do her thing. She's almost out of breath. Be careful now. Even on the radio, you yes. can hear the fact that exercise has crept into her vocabulary. Yeah. Hey, hello, mama. We're done. You already used that one. Don't yeah, repeat your jokes, Fresh Go ahead. Just That was rough. I still feel bad for that woman. He so, said, "Does yo does the wig and the headphones come together?" <laughs> she called him little mama, and he was like, "And what are you, girl?" <laughs> I'm little mama, baby, dad. <laughs> you big on the radio. <laughs> <sighs> Yep. They played that on Joe Rogan. <laughs> what did Joe Rogan say? Joe Rogan was just marveling, just like, wow, that's a real comedian right there. You don't, you don't fuck with people like that. They don't have a, a an off switch. True. And since. And since you pull a gun with him on him, he ain't got no sense. What did he? What did she think he was gonna say when you? He says in the and if you watch the whole Shannon Sharp interview, he said that they told him we weren't gonna bring up the prison thing mm -hmm. or the jail thing, and she brought it up and it pissed him off. Was he acting a little diva-ish? Yeah. You know what he acted like? An annoyed person in the morning. An annoyed person what? In the morning. Because I think that's a morning show. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he looked like a dude in the morning. It's annoying. Uh, those people wake up at like 3 a.m. They sure you know, do. They know how to get up. Well, not her anymore. You know, a bump, a bump of coke. You know, All right. <laughs> you ready for the wild man and the dog? She don't have to worry about that. Because she got booted, right? They fired her after I think her husband pulled a gun on Kat after the show. And then they booted her. I mean. So that was her last show that we just witnessed. Like, you think you're funny, and you're not as funny as you think you are. No. Till somebody funnier comes along. Till someone funnier comes along. And it's like, well, you know, just be humble. The dozens are a dangerous game. Yeah, you got to really know how to play it. It's tough. You got to really. You so good at it. I f understand that, because you're mean as fuck in real life. <laughs> Short fucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, 
when you have a band, there's so many things that drown out the negative. You have other members on stage, the noise of the music. There's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. When you're telling jokes, it's just you and the crowd. Yeah. And uh, when I was going through, I'll, I'll be honest, when I was going through my breakup, my ex that I did music with, when she left, I was devastated. Mm-hmm. For several reasons. The woman that I was madly in love with for seven years disappeared. And my life disappeared. I was playing 100 shows a year. More sometimes. All over the place. What the fuck was I going to do now? Find another person that I'm in love with that much that I want to be in a fucking car with them? For days on end? You can't replicate that. I was fucking devastated. And my friend Chris Riggins... Funny man, open been all over with Chappelle on this on this last tour. You know, regardless of what you think about Chappelle's latest special, I haven't seen it. But Chris opened those shows. Chris has been on this show. Chris had a show on this channel. He is one of the seven hundred plus shows we've done on This Is Revolution. Listen to it. He's got his own theme song. It's hilarious. Seven hundred plus shows. No episodes on Netflix or Tubi. <laughs> he ain't got one episode on Netflix or Tubi. <laughs> and you know, Chris, Chris knew I was depressed because his he had broke up with his wife right around the same time. And right when it happened, he called me, and he was going through a, a horrible drug problem at the time. And he was like. Come on, you come with me. I don't want to go nowhere, man. Come on, we're going to do, come on, come with me, do comedy. What? <laughs> and I rode with him and his boy as they was drinking and smoking in the car and doing God knows what else and just doing comedy shit all over the bay. And he wasn't bombing. Right. But I was watching cats bomb. Ooh. Hurt my soul. Everybody bombs sometime. Oh, watching people get up there and just not kill it the way they thought they was gonna kill it. And then sometimes I watch Chris kill it, and I'm like, dude, that was hilarious. He goes, Nah, I didn't get the laugh I wanted to get. What do you mean? I'm laughing and people, Nah, they was supposed to get a laugh like right there, supposed to get it. But watching people, it's uncomfortable to me. That's the most uncomfortable shit. I can watch bands suck all day long <laughs> and not feel a thing for them. Yeah. I can't watch a comedian bomb. Oof. 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 And I've, you know, Chris and I are friends from high school. We've been talking shit to each other since high school. There's a massive difference between talking shit in high school and this dude going all over the country playing fucking arenas, perfecting his craft. You're going to get tight with your insults. Yes, you are.
Chris looks at do I have an opinion on Anthony Fantano? Anthony Fantano is a fan of the show. Melon. Been trying to get him on. The last conversation we had, you know, he's a he's a busy dude and he didn't see my email in time and he got back and said, Oh man, I'm a bad. <laughs> so He's the internet's rough. busiest music nerd. Yeah. Just trying to get him on to talk about music. That's all. Anthony Fantano. But uh, you know, he I don't agree with a lot of his takes, but the fact that he listens to as much music as he listens to and has such a um I don't know, in depth opinion about the stuff, even if I don't agree with it, I I appreciate that he's doing it to that level. I mean, years ago, before the disposability, the ubiquitous nature of music, I think he would have stuck to a genre and talked about it really well and written books about it and we'd talk about how great Anthony Fantano is. But he exists on the internet and he just listens to a lot of everything. He really does. And and the, some of the kids have been asking, is Anthony out of touch? Is Anthony getting old? And one of them had to admit that this dude just listens to a lot of different kinds of music. It will make you judge music differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just you, exposed you know, to so much. You know who you know who listens to a lot of different kind of music? Bill Cody. I believe it. Bill Cody is putting together a music festival in Paraguay. Oh, wow. As as one does. <laughs> you know, let's remember who Bill Cody is. He's a Hollywood guy, award-winning, two award-winning documentaries. Had a, a nice little stint in Los Angeles City Council. He's He's a guy. He's one of those guys. Google the name and you see pictures of him and all these famous people. He's a guy. He's been around the guy, so I don't doubt. And he'll tell you like, oh, I heard this new boy genius, and maybe that's the only thing right. But this hip hop thing, I like this group here, and I really, really listen to a lot of trap music lately. Yeah. Drill. You know, what really? Why? But that he's one of those dudes. Like that's what Fantano's going to be when he's you know, sixty years old. Yeah. He's still going to search out the new shit that's trying to, you know, trying to get that feeling back. They're, 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 they're a different kind of junkie. Whoever's listening to the show, watching this show, there's a song that you heard at some point in your life that made you feel a certain way. And for people like Bill, it was they got high off that feeling. For people like me, I got high off that feeling. Are you the same way, Tucson? Yep. What was the song for you? That when I heard it, I felt like I was getting high. You were like, this is this is the jam. I want more of this. Where can I get more of this? Where can I get more of this? I think <laughs> I used to feel like that about um, Wu-Tang. Really? Yeah. Interesting. You, it was a protect your neck? The early stuff came out in a flurry for me. Mm-hmm. It's finally slowed down when you get to the Method Man song. And then it, they just kept putting out all of these songs that were so interesting. Mm-hmm. And they had the lore and you had to learn it and learn their names and 
I was just like, what are these sounds? The mystery of chess boxing, dude. It's just incredible. What sounded like that before? <laughs> Can you read this comment on the screen by Mercutio? When Jason said that I've heard a song that made me feel a certain way, I thought he was going to sit me down and give me the talk. Oh, boy. <sighs> when a man and a song feel a certain way about each other, they give each other a special hug. Give each other. Oh, dude, when I heard when I heard Jump in the Fire by Metallica, I was like, what is this? When I heard Black Dog by Led Zeppelin, I was like, what is this? Black Dog, huh? No, not for you? No, it was another Led Zeppelin song. Um, when the levee breaks? Yeah, I loved that one. Um, even like early MTV shit. I was like, what is this? Talking Heads? No, Prince. Mm. Little Red Corvette. I was like, what is this? Why is he wearing my grandmama raincoat? (laughs) (laughs) Kerchief. When I heard Benita Applebaum, I was like, I need more of this. Whatever this is, I need more of it. This is the most incredible thing I've ever heard. I need more of it. I felt that way about human nature. Mm. I was like, nothing sounds like this. And I also felt that way about White Iverson. Uh, (laughs) Nothing sounds Uh, like this. Wait, isn't that, what's his name? Post Malone. Post Malone, yeah. Where did this song come from? Why there's a white man who's Iverson? What is taking place here? <laughs> I saw that I saw David Byrne play Not the Talking Heads at one Coachella. Nice. Uh, a good friend of mine. I got her the job to work at the festivals, and she knew how much I hated going out and watching artists because I hated being all around all those people. She's like, Jason, I'm going to grab you and we're going to go watch the Talking Heads thing because you like the Talking Heads thing. She sure did. She fucking grabbed me out of the office and I had such a a good time. That was a great performance. He has an amazing band of musicians with him that redo all the Talking Heads stuff. Was it well attended? Yes. It was... Was it the Beyonce year? I think it was the Beyonce year. That was fucking crazy. There were so many people there. So many people. There. <laughs> Talking Heads, aka Tom Tom Club, plus other people. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you ever seen a live show that made you lose your mind? Where you were like, this is the greatest. This is the greatest moment of my life. Hmm. No. Um. Yeah. 
Yeah. A concert. It doesn't have to be a big ass concert. Any, even if it was like your friends performing at the fucking 4-H club. Like, 4-H club. Y M C A. Yeah, the Y. Your friends at the Y fucking doing a, a freestyle cipher at the Y. Like, what was the show that made you go like, this is the greatest show I've ever seen? I was really taken by an Erica Badu show. Really? She had us in the palm of her hands. Really? And she was late. It was like. What what was it for the first album or like Superstar Erica Badu? Superstar. Okay. Superstar. Was, was it a festival? No, they just had um, they used to do it out in the parks, out in the park in Brooklyn. They have a series. Okay. So I went to two of the shows. I went to the Jill Scott show and I went to Ooh. the Erica Badu show. I've never seen Jill Scott live. I've seen Janet live. Nice. Um, how's Jill Scott live? Sexual. Oof. Oof. Can I? Is, how famous do I have to be to get with Jill Scott? Um. No, don't she like regular dudes? I don't know what our bus driver, like the bus driver that I was in my that drove the bus I was in in Gaba, drove Jill Scott, and he just all he did was praise her the whole time. We were hanging out with him. We didn't go to the show, but we were hanging out with him when he had a stop in the bay. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, dude, Jill Scott is. Besides the fact she's a black dude from New York. Yeah. Um, he was just like, oh, she is the most wonderful woman. And nothing, nothing but praise. That's nice. Didn't hear anything bad about her. I've heard bad things about other people, but he said that Jill Scott was a wonderful person. Dr. Claus says, Tyler the Creator. Really? Best show I've ever seen that I thought was the greatest show of all time was Muse in a 200-seat club. They they rocked the roof off that joint. And everybody in the Bay was there. Oh, they blew the Good roof band. off that place. Good band. 330 Rich. Little bitty spot in San Francisco. They were doing this weird club tour. You couldn't pre-buy tickets. Handful of us stood in line, and I mean the club was so small. Their wardrobe, they because we got in and they still had their wardrobe boxes on the on the stage, mm-hmm. and their wardrobe boxes was was bigger than the stage. Like it was a little spot, and they blew the fucking doors off. It was when uh, Absolution came out, so they were still like cool and heavy. <laughs> Not all weird and shit. <sighs> Blew me away. Blew me the fuck away. I've also heard people practice that are like some of the best musicians ever. Like I've, I used to hear Lenny Williams sing You're Still a Young Man all the time at the studio. Man. That's, that's pretty cool. Now you hear it when you look in the mirror. <laughs> that was the meanest thing ever. You set it off. That's why she said she played the dozens. She was good. <laughs> Black fucker. <laughs> <laughs> there's a musician he's got 
quite a few Grammys. I think he's got like three Grammys. His name is Fantastic Negrito. Um, he used to re- rehearse at the studio. He was an amazing musician. Him and his band's killer. Oh, the motherfuckers were killer. I've seen Anderson Pack play a couple times. He's really good. Who was that young black dude that sounded like an old black dude a couple years ago? He sang real good. Okay, that could be like literally anybody. <laughs> no. Real dark dude. Oh. Like he swallowed an old black man. <laughs> it was a. <coughs> I need dollars, dollars, dollars is what I need. That dude. Aloe Black? Aloe Black rehearsed. I knew it was him. Aloe Black came to the studio and (laughs) when you're a singer like that, you don't travel. And he was he had just came out. Um he was in this little bitty reggae festival, actually, that was in West Oakland somewhere. And he didn't have a band. They literally put a group of musicians together on the spot that day. And those dudes had met that day for other, and I saw that happen actually a lot more than people think. But generally, the band would get together, and you know these guys were like meeting each other for the first time, as far as like the band meeting each other. <laughs> and I think they had all knew the parts or whatever. And Aloe Black is he's young, and he walked in. You know. It's an interesting place when you walk in and he's looking at all the posters and I'm getting I'm directing him to the room where the band is kind of waiting for him. And he's kind of singing as he's walking. And I was like, in my head, I'm thinking, you have the most beautiful voice. Sir, has anyone told you? <laughs> you should be a singer, you know. You might have a future in this business. I'm just going to follow you just to hear you. I, you think I'm bullshit? I believe you. He's a good singer. He rhymes oh. too. Really? Yeah, I hear he's pretty good. Oh, I mean, this dude, just his like walking around like. <laughs> he was singing a Michael Jackson song. He was singing. Nice. I can't remember the Michael Jackson song he was singing. Of course, it was off Thriller. He's walking around and then he met the group. And then they started doing his music, and I was like, this cat is going to be the biggest star ever because he is one of the most incredible singers I've ever heard in my life. And I heard great singers all the time. I'm talking, there was there was a, a what a cat we would say, that's a cabal. Thundercat, I saw, I did merch for Brain Feeder Records. And I saw Thundercat play when Austin Peralta was still alive. And it was a group. It was him and Austin Peralta, which is uh, uh, Stacy Peralta's son who killed himself. And I thought to myself, people really like this music? <laughs> no, and, and I love Thundercat. And I thought him and Austin Peralta were pretty cool. I just didn't think. I was like, people really going to go crazy to this chill-ass yacht rock? Hmm. Little did I know. Little did I fucking know that people were going to go crazy for yacht rock. You know Thundercat brought 
Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins on stage at Coachella, right? Oh, that's dope. <laughs> he's crazy. He's he's a talented brother. He's one of the most talented brothers around. Like he's next level talent. Watching him play isn't fair because he makes everything look so effortless. From the singing to the playing to the present, he makes it look too effortless. I miss. Let's, let's go to a show, Tucson. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to Afro Punk and Boo People. <clears throat> oh, gosh. <laughs> Just be haters at Afro Punk. <laughs> well, shush, people. <laughs> Shh. Don't you see everybody who's wearing a cut-off jean jacket? That means she's punk. (laughs) Cut-off jean jacket. Don't you see Andre 3000's wearing a cut-off jean jacket with a flute? Don't you know that's punk? (laughs) With the flute. (laughs) Don't you know this John A. reunion has a cut-off jean jacket? Don't you know that's punk? It'd be anything but punk. (laughs) It'd be anything. Be Quincy Jones in some fucking denim shorts. Cutoffs. He DIY'd him himself. How how famous do we have to be to do a TIR music festival? That would be that's what we I would much rather do that than a live show. Like that's what I wanted for a live show. I wanted to have like musical acts. But you know. I think people want to see a podcast, not a not a concert. Hmm. How do we do how do we do a music festival? A TIR sponsored music festival. We can't. We can. Let's do it in a fucked up place. Like Denver just it. doesn't have a band. <laughs> it would just be a cover band. Cover band. No, so seriously, how do we how do we do a music festival in some Smash Mouth party? cover band? Oof. Somebody wants. <laughs> <laughs> no more Smash Mouth. No. Dude's gone. Yeah. And you can't get someone else to. Someone said do it at Slab City. Isn't that in Austin? Or is that in Portland? Somewhere Cherryless doesn't live. Cherryless. <laughs> I'm serious. Let's do a music festival somewhere that's just stupid. Portland, Maine. Paris, Texas. Oof. I know where that is. No. Veto. Let's not. Let's not have a lynching. It's, Let's do do, what if we did a music festival? Oh, what's a good city? You know what? You know who never gets Hermosillo, Mexico? You know who never gets music festivals? Arkansas. Arkansas. And that way Gene Bajlan could come and bring his kids. We'll do a fucked up music festival in Fayetteville, Arkansas. 
Fayetteville. That's right. They have a Fayetteville too. They have a Fayetteville. Let's How do unoriginal. it. Unoriginal. <laughs> TIR coming at you all the way live from Fayetteville, Arkansas. People are gonna be like, the one in Arkansas. <laughs> Wait, there's one in Arkansas. There's one in, right, right by the Western Sizzlin. <laughs> if you if you're listening to this show, you know what Western Sizzlin is. You're a fucking G. You're a real one. I miss Western Sizzlin. That's the one thing I miss about touring. It, well, there's a few things I miss about touring, but I miss regional food. <laughs> few things before we leave people. The Popeyes in New Orleans is spicier. Hmm. I don't make the rules. It's the truth. Western Sizzlin is like a countryer version of Hometown Buffet. And it's fucking awesome. What else? Ooh, Deep Dish in Chicago. Diorjanos. Okay. Someone says Moscow, Idaho. My best shows that I remember vividly of sweaty walls, Moscow, Idaho. Love playing Moscow, Idaho. Um, what else do I? What like what food places do? You, oh, Waffle House in the South. Oh, totally miss going to a Waffle House late at night after a show. Those are the things that I hell miss about touring. The after show with a bunch of people from the show and you go eat at a spot that they tell you to go. Oh, we got to go to the thing. What's the place in um in North Carolina that's hella popular? Cookout. You got to go to Cookout where you get a burn-ass hamburger. <laughs> And you get a hundred different variations of cherry shake. Cherry shake. There's a place in the south. I think they start in Alabama and they're definitely in Florida called Steak and Shake. And you can get a burger and fries at Steak and Shake for $3.99. That's intense. A double burger and fries. And not just a regular ass. It would be like a themed burger. Like, oh, this is the spicy hot fire ass burger in $3.99. I miss Steak and Shake. Like, we would get to the South. We're like, oh, finally, we can afford to eat. <laughs> Stevie at the club. Going to the Waffle House afterwards, throwing up. Oh, Stevie wearing a sweater to the club so he don't have to do coat check. <laughs> One of them Alex sweaters like Alex had on at the beginning. Of the right. <laughs> Dude. Waffle House is like an experience at night. And every time I've been at one, it's always been like, what are we going to see this time? Hmm. That's that. Like that last tour. If I would have known it was the last tour, I think we would have recorded more of these moments. Would have took more pictures. But I will have to say, 
we never had that much fun. I've never had that much fun with other dudes in my life than that last tour of 2019. No pause. No pause. No pause. No pause. None at all. We just, we just fucking, God damn, we had a good time. Like the drummers from New York and we met actually me and my ex met him in Boston and convinced him to move to the Bay Area. Not even to be in our band, just because we he was like our sound man at all these clubs in Boston. So if you if you're a Boston listener, you know um uh the Middle East in Boston. He was a sound guy at the Middle East. And uh he moved down and he of course he joins the band. Um, when my ex leaves and so we start touring and we tour the east coast all of a sudden tucson his new york accent would just come out so heavy whenever we order food and we get to a like an east coast diner oh so funny watching him order so that that's another reason why i want to go back to new york because i want to i want to go out to eat with you so you can put on your new york accent and order super new yorky Where'd you go? I'm reading the comments. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Kushluk is uh, prophesizing. What is he prophesizing? Saying that 2019 was the end of a world. And that um, there was a change in the Zodiac or something. What was hidden is revealed. Hmm. I think this is going to be a year of bombshells. More Cat Williams. <laughs> more Cat Williams. More, Cat Williams. more Diddy. Mm. Jay Z and Beyonce. I think it's coming for all of them. Big Dick Deviance was still the meanest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> Tell you about them Big Dick Deviants. <laughs> That Aaron Hall shit. The election this year. I, I talked to Cedric Johnson for a while today. Did I tell you that? Say that again. I talked to Cedric Johnson for a while today. Okay. Yeah, I think you mentioned that briefly. I, I'm, I'm gonna. I promise. One of my New Year's resolutions, as the show is changing, is to write more. And I write these monologues out every day. And sometimes I'm like, that's a pretty good monologue. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I'm going to turn these monologues into articles. So the monologue yesterday, I, you know, something I kind of talk a lot about is, is the, the moment, this political moment that we're in 2024. So I took a couple of points from the show yesterday in the monologue, and I expanded on them. And one of them was was. Uh, the border and dropping off migrants in Chicago. And I wanted to talk to Frederick about it. We were talking about it. We were talking about, because basically the thesis of the thing that, that I read and, and, and the piece is the victories that the democratic party was able to achieve in 2020, two big factors, they attached themselves to BLM. So they had the BLM bump with the defund thing. They kind of become the face of that. And, uh, their pushback on Trump's kids in cages. If people forgot about kids in cages, no one talks about that shit anymore. It's not like it doesn't exist. Right. 
But the pushback was, okay, we're going to be sanctuary cities. And Trump tried in 2018, but his his staff was like, we don't have the budget for it. And legally, I don't think you can do it. But the governors found out they could do it. So three governors were like, fuck, we'll drop off migrants all day long. And uh, they dropped off about 30,000 people got dropped off in Chicago. And that mayor doesn't know what to do with himself. These are, first of all, these are people. These aren't political pawns. These are actual real people. And this is fucked up. And it's having disastrous effects for the Democratic Party. A stroke of genius, you might say, by the right wing. And another thing is that there is a disillusioned young voting base. So while you see all these thought pieces about if the Democratic Party was smart, they'd pick a better candidate to run. Step back for a minute and think about why AOC won with 10,000 votes. As now I'm talking like Cat Williams. <laughs> it's a cabal, Toussaint. <laughs> the strategy was here's a district where no one votes. <clears throat> you know why I say that? Because the person that thought up that strategy came on this show and said those same words. Zach Exley. He said it on the show. The guy behind Justice Democrat shit said it. Here's a district. This guy is kind of a big dude. Nobody votes in it. We don't need a lot to win. There you go. Low turnout. Why do people kind of like that? The youth vote is gone. They don't care about this election. Like they care, but they don't. Said. What do you say? AOC. <laughs> I'm, not gonna yell. <laughs> is retarded. But seriously, like, yeah. there's a reason why the political talking points you're hearing, especially from the right, appeal to an older crowd it's because those are the people that are going to come out and vote that's who they're talking to you can write all the thing pieces you want about how stupid both parties are and this and you appeal to a young they don't give a shit about young people young people ain't voting there's nothing to mobilize young people there is no issue are you going to kick the fascist that they don't care about the fascists in office anymore nobody cares about covid anymore that's a sad thing to say because people are still dying. But nobody cares. If you don't have to not wear a mask, you ain't wearing a fucking mask. Right? So, you know, this is a scary time. It feels like we're on the verge of some fashy shit. And I don't mean it from the right necessarily. There's just a very disinterested population. And people are motivated by outrage. <clears throat> and if you have the right um, 
political symbols, you can you can get a whole of that outrage. Remember Caleb Maupin? Yeah. Unfortunately. Remember how popular he was for a minute? What do you get after Caleb Maupin goes away? You get an even more ridiculous, oh, we're going to go one step further from national patriotic socialism. We're going to go MAGA communism. Now, these things kind of existed only on the Internet. But one of the things we're going to be talking about next week when, when uh, Joshua comes on the show is the fact that these 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 internet cultures are, are they are growing slowly and as the internet becomes more and more the only way we know how to fucking exist it, it's literally just going to become real life there's just going to be little kids that want to be fascist because they think it's being a leftist so <clears throat> that's what I'm scared about. And I don't think it's a, you know, oh, in this election cycle, everyone's going to be a fascist in the next four years. And then AOC is going to save us all. Like, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's definitely going to take time. But read Vincent Bevan's book about the 2010s. You go from Lula to literally his hand-picked successor, in Dilma Rousseff mm -hmm. and before you know it she gets ousted and before you know it a fringe figure like Bolsonaro is in office this stuff doesn't happen overnight like Vincent Bevan's book how do most of these leftist movements anarchist leftist movements get turned into right-wing populist movements Overnight. It's it's important to try to see these things. And I don't think anybody cares to see these things because it doesn't seem like the important issues, quote unquote. But there's 30,000 people that got dropped off in Chicago. It's very cold there. They're living in horrible conditions and they're fighting against now a black political class that's saying things like they're getting more than us so fuck them what and there's the double whammy gotcha and now there's the double whammy of the fact that you have uh, a latino population in places like chicago that's been there for multiple generations that are a lot more conservative and they do not like migrants to begin with. This is a frightening reality that we, I don't think we're really trying to figure out how to deal with. So hate to hate to have one of those shows where we end on a sour note. <laughs> is there any way we can end on a good note Tucson? I mean, it's been a good show. Oh, okay, so we're, we're we're cool then. Yeah. Okay, then I won't worry about it. We 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 had the Cat Williams roast. That's enough. That was plenty. Right. Well, look. Thank you guys. I'll see you Saturday morning. We'll be talking about a very interesting comic book this cat wrote. Um, 
about an alternate universe where the January 6th protest was successful. I've got, apparently Tucson's not going to be on that show because she just fell asleep on me. <laughs> I don't know what I'm on. <laughs> Honestly. I will try to find someone else. I still haven't sent you the book. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we haven't. Oh, that's some typical Jason bullshit right there. What? There's a show. Read the book in five minutes. All right. Peace, guys. Have a good peace. night.